I think one of the worst things they got wrong with the Tom Holland Spider-Man is the lack of self-made Spider-Man. Mm. They did show that version of him, especially in Homecoming, when he got his suit taken away, like as a yeah. slap on the wrist of, you, you, you don't get this anymore, from, from Daddy Stark. <laughs> I don't like that I said that. <laughs> Delete that. Uh, Cut that. <laughs> no. Keep it in. It's for the content. No. <laughs> Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose. You must steal the Declaration of Independence. Fine. So, so, world. I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome, everybody, to the One-Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Mossberg, and we got Zach today talking about Spider-Man. But first, but first, <laughs> Zach requested it, and I think it's worth yes. it. We, we both saw Argyle last night, and I, I, I feel like we needed to at least address our thoughts on it. I feel like we should do, like, one-minute movie reviews after we've seen a movie because it seems oh, yeah. like they're so random being thrown in these episodes like this. So maybe we should just <laughs> find a way to do that. Let us know if you have an idea for that or what you think we should do for that. But what did you think of Argyle? I know what, what you thought of Argyle, but I want Argyle? you to say it. I mean, it's very much a spoof of the spy genre. Most I was watching people's reviews today, and they were all hating on it for being over-convoluted mm. and just so many plot twists and everything. But I'm yeah. just kind of like, I think that's the point of the movie. It's making, <laughs> yeah. it's making fun of all the plot twists from spy films, and yeah. it's a it's a very dumb movie, but I kind of found a lot of fun in that. So I'd yeah. probably give it a solid 3 out of 5. And I would say you should go see it in theaters if you're interested. Yeah, I mean, we did see it in IMAX, so we, we heard, we felt the sound. It yeah, didn't need to be all. like that. It's not like you need to see that with Top Gun. No. Top Gun, you needed to see it where you felt the sound. But yeah. it was still it was still big and, and crazy. I, it feels like a fever dream, and part of it was. like That's kind of the yeah. point of it, and we don't want to spoil <laughs> it. But it was a creative approach with a lot of mm-hmm. cool actors and fun stories like it was it was dumb fun like you said and yeah just a lot of things that are just like a facepalm laugh but you still like you're facepalming but you're laughing so like you know that it's dumb (laughs) but you're also it's it's not like you're it's not like you're not acknowledging that it's bad but it's not like you're just laughing at i don't know you understand that it's bad and that's what makes it funny but it's not bad it was i thought it was a really decent movie it's just it was very long and Mm -hmm. it was i felt like they could have cut some pieces out but other than that a lot of fun. Very goofy. I liked it. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say it was probably the same level as what I expected. Like I, But in a different way. Like it, It's not below my expectations, but it wasn't above my expectations, but it wasn't exactly what I expected. So that's a weird way to describe it. Yeah. It was It was fun to see an, an original movie this year before yeah. all the sequels and stuff. So For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, now to get on to what you're actually here to yeah. listen to us talk about. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. And to set up how we're going to be talking about this Spider-Man episode, this is... We still want to talk about an Into the Spider-Verse trilogy, probably a way down the line, maybe after, um, what's what's the third one? Beyond the Spider-Verse. Beyond the Spider-Verse. Maybe, yeah. maybe around when Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out, which is very vague because <laughs> we don't know when that is. But I would love to probably just talk about it when that comes out so we have the whole scope of it. Like, it's great now, but I feel like it could be greater and could make for an amazing episode when that comes out. So we're going to be talking about the live-action Spider-Man as well as just the character of Spider-Man. The different variations will help us, like, 
determine the characteristics of Spider-Man, but also just who Spider-Man is, what stays the same throughout, and what is different between those trilogies, and where the future of Spider-Man is going. So, live-action Spider-Man is basically what I'm saying we're going to talk about, and we're not talking about the Japanese version. Nope. And we intentionally <laughs> planned this with the release of Madam Web. Oh, no. uh, what? Is that, when is that coming out? <laughs> that comes out in, like, ten days. Oh. <laughs> it's February 14th. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I forgot, because she was... It is a coincidence. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, it comes out next no. week. I forgot that it was a valentine's day episode be, until i remembered that horrible that horrible ad that she did that dakota johnson did where she's like i'm not even gonna pretend i'm not even gonna pretend that was nope. such a bad way to promote, promote the movie anyways yeah it's coming out on valentine's day so this has nothing to do with that nope so now now that we're like five minutes into the episode because they don't want the start. movie to have anything to do with spider-man so the episode's got nothing to do with madam web this this is the ultimate clickbait we got you in with the title of spider-man and then lied about it and talked about other yeah. things no what else what else can we talk about no no okay so Spider-Man, Peter Parker, not always Peter Parker. There are other Spider-Men as uh, I think Into the Spider-Verse made pretty clear, but there's also, I don't know how many people knew about that before Into the Spider-Verse, like maybe comic nerds, but was the multiverse of Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse really known that well before the these multiverse type of movies started to become popular a couple years ago? I know Miles, Miles had gained a lot of popularity from, well, first comics and then cartoons and all that, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Miles think... was just a recent creation, right? Yeah. Miles first appeared in Ultimate Comics Fallout number 4, which was published in August 2011. So the character of Miles, not the actual character, but his yeah. publication fame come is has only been like 13 years in the making and he was only created because donald glover wanted to be spider-man and he still hasn't been <laughs> well he, he did do voice acting for miles okay. in a cartoon but yeah well we so all he, want him he, he kind of got it <laughs> kind of but I, I think we all want to see him he might be a little too old now but we all yeah. wanted to see him as as live action spider-man we kind of got a hint of that in across the spider-verse which was really cool yeah, and maybe that was even yeah maybe that was even a, a hint at the end of across the spider-verse with him who is supposed to be spider-man playing the prowler in across the spider-verse is a hint to the end where you know the the twist happens at the very end of across the spider-verse oh yeah uh, could be a coincidence anyways so peter parker the the basic now story we're talking about peter parker. now we're talking about peter parker but the basic story is that he's a normal kid who gets bitten by a spider blah 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 gets superpowers which trilogy from from the spider-mans oh, over the last couple years got his his origin correct which uh, it's a trick. It's a it's really a, a decision between the two because Tom yeah. Holland's Spider-Man didn't really explore that that much. Well, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man, especially for the origin, mostly just copies Maguire's in a lot of the scenes. So I would <laughs> yes and no. I think there was a progression, and it, it grew with how superheroes kind of grew up as well. As in, Tobey Maguire was very generic. As in, didn't have a lot of tech. And then Andrew's Spider-Man really kind of developed his own and was a genius in that way. And then Tom Holland's Spider-Man got all of the Stark gadgets, which we can talk about in a bit. But mainly the difference is what what were Andrew's what were Andrew's powers? Spider sense and the stick in the wall. But he, then he put on a suit over it, so I assume he made it compatible with his sticky hands. But so he, well, he's, I mean, the sticky got, hands is the is powers for all of them. It's not for yeah, the suit. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think. I know I ask you I ask you the question, but now I'm going to answer it. <laughs> I feel like the better version of Spider-Man is a is a natural web generating type of Spider-Man, really? and I only like that because it. I like the I like the Toby sequence of him figuring out his powers better than just Andrew's. Oh, I can just make it. Oh. Then again, Andrew had a lot of trial and error with his. Like that was a little yeah. bit of a character arc in the first 
Amazing Spider-Man is trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. So mm-hmm. it goes it goes either way. I, I I know people don't actually like to think about the biology of Spider-Man making his own webs, but I also it, it goes either way. I think it was a good storytelling, but at the cost of a different good story. Like they were they're both okay. Did it really need to be replaced? I don't know. Maybe that that was just for the sake of superheroes and how they were growing popularity. Well, do you know which one's comic accurate? Well, what's comic accurate mean? Like the original one that Stan Lee created or one of the many variations that have been created for multiple different type of comics? I meant like the original Stan Lee. Okay. I do not know. The original Stan Lee was web slingers that he created. Okay. It wasn't natural. So why did did they go backwards with Tobey Maguire then? I think that's just kind of Sam Raimi's touch on it. Oh. Well, then Sam Raimi's stupid. Sam Raimi's no. Sam Raimi is not stupid. <laughs> I know, I know. He's really, he's really creative. I would want to read this. The Amazing Spider-Man, nineteen sixty-three, number one. Yeah, man. I don't know. I wonder if Stanley, when creating these type of people or these type of characters, knows that they're going to be a hit, or if this was just mm-hmm. one of the maybe a side superhero, and then everyone loved him because we can mm-hmm. also talk about the message of Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, I, I lied. It was Amazing Fantasy, nineteen sixty-two, Spider-Man. And then he got his own comic run a year later. So yeah, I think I think Stanley's main goal with Spider-Man was to just create a hero that anyone could relate to. So I think he really oh, yeah. did that really well. Oh for sure. The that was this whole point. And even as he talked about it into the production of Into the Spider Verse, he was talking mm-hmm. about how anyone can wear the mask. That was his line in the in the movie. And that's even the progression of the Spider Verse movies is anyone can wear the mask. How do or yeah who who can wear the mask? Anyone. How can you wear the How mask, you, I think? Yeah. How do you wear the mask? Yep. And then what do we think Beyond the Spider-Verse is? I don't think we talked about that. But. Okay. But yeah, the second one is definitely how do you wear the mask? Like, how how do you be a good Spider-Man? And everyone thinks you got you to gotta work with the canon events. And Spider-Man, and, and Miles is, is against that. And he wants, to, he wants to be different. But yeah, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> yeah, the character of Spider-Man is special for Stan Lee to create because he knew that anyone could wear the mask. As long as... You don't want to. You want. You don't want a scenario with the boys where someone bad gets powers and wreaks havoc. But this was the. This was the character that anyone could, any kid could put on the Spider-Man mask and just be the character that they've seen in the comics or on TV or something. Not, they, not saying they couldn't do that with Iron Man or Captain America, but they were when they put on the Spider-Man mask, they were Spider-Man. They weren't pretending to be Tony Stark or pretending to be Captain America, Steve Rogers. They were Spider-Man. That was what made the character so attractive and and welcomed by everyone. Yeah, you know, it's like the spider bite could have happened to anyone, and then it was that person's responsibility with how with what they were going to do with mm-hmm. the powers then which is kind of where andrew garfield's spider-man movies got it wrong because mm. this the spider bite only worked with his blood because that's mm. how his dad yeah. had made it work which i forgot about that kind subplot. of kind yeah the whole subplot in the amazing spider-man <laughs> movies with the parents is just completely unnecessary yeah it was trying to be extra to be to get some attention and i think it went it, it rubbed the fans the wrong way to be. This isn't actually the story of of Spider Man anymore. But yeah, you're right. The with with Peter's dad creating a certain situation that that would affect him and only him loses the general the gen- generality of yeah. being Spider Man to anyone. And it was like, oh, only he can be it. So it's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about what what comparisons we can make on who did it best or something like that. What do you well, think? Let's walk through the trilogies. What do you think the Sam Raimi movies got right? And what do you think they got wrong? I think they're, I think the Sam Raimi movies are generally the best ones, I would say. Okay. I think they're the best made movies. They're the best written story-wise. 
I'm gonna contest you on the best made because at the very least you need to you need to be more detailed in what that means because okay. best made for its time probably absolutely it's a little unfair to compare it to now where 25 years later mm -hmm. or whatever but at the same time I think I like how the Amazing Spider-Man was made and mm. its look and their approach to, regardless of the story, regardless of the characters, how it was made. I feel mm. like I, I like that way better than the McGuire ones. And I think Josh would agree with me. I know Josh is a huge fan of Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man and, and Andrew Garfield, but I think the look of that one and the production of that one was better because... Raimi didn't really know what a good superhero movie was. This was before the yeah. actual explosion of superhero movies, mostly with Iron Man. So it was like still finding its footing, I would say. I would say mostly with direction then and story, it's probably the best of all the trilogies. I mean, kind of gets a little rough with the third one, but especially so in the by, first two. You said by story? Yeah. Yeah. My story I, I would direction. I would agree with that. Yeah. The, the stories in Raimi were, were very... Very good. I would even say they had the best villains with Green Goblin and then Dr. Octopus and Sandman. I, I think, think so too. I don't think his Venom worked very well, mm. but Sony did force Venom into the movie. Sam Raimi yeah. did not want to use Venom, so. Sure. He did seem uh, tagged along in the third one, yeah. but I also think some of the reasons the villains work so well is because they're just a little crazy. I wonder if there's a direct connection between villains who need a reasoning and and are given such a backstory and all of that to just villains who are crazy and, and their likability. So it's not to say that the villains in Raimi's movies didn't have any backstory. They are, were kind of just the raw version of that character that from the comics on screen. And there, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of twists put onto it. There wasn't... I'm kind of making the comparison for Doc Ock in Into the Spider-Verse. They gender-swapped her. They gave her arms that were more like gooey, gooey jello instead of mechanical. I feel like that wasn't the way to go. I mean, obviously it was a different universe, so it's not that big of a deal for that movie. But just taking the comics and putting it to screen was pretty much how those movies were made. And I think that's what made it better, if that makes sense. Instead of mm. instead of making it interesting, like just, just do what the, the comics, the comics are popular for a reason. It's because they were written well. So to take those characters and continue their story on screen. Yeah. I would also say that with the villains, you know, Peter had a friendly relationship with them beforehand, especially mm. well, with Green Goblin, with Doc Ock and Harry. And I think that really adds to the tension in their relationship when they become villains and then have their big battle at the end. Mm -hmm. I would say you also asked me where they fail, right? Was that part of your question? Yeah, where do you think the, the Raimi movies fall flat? Mm. Honestly, <laughs> probably Tobey Maguire's performance a bit. Yeah. Call him out. I, I love the Maguire trilogy, but he's a little cringe, not gonna lie. Yeah, the, the other thing is that there was still the era of using 20 to even 30-year-olds for high schoolers. And so it's mm -hmm. that era of like, really? You want me to believe that they're going through puberty right now and not already like <laughs> <laughs> almost at the peak of their development as humans <laughs> i don't know especially flash thompson <laughs> yeah you know flash, I, I, he's just like yeah that's a grown man right there it's funny to see the the older characters for both the aunt may and uncle ben mm -hmm. and then peter parker like they're older in the raimi movies and then they're a little mm -hmm. bit younger in the Mark Webb movies, and then they're even younger for the MCU movies, so then there's the meme of like, oh, they're gonna be babies soon. But no, <laughs> there. I think that was just a thing of the times. Like, I don't think 
Hollywood producers really realized how to work well with kids, not kids, but like young actors until almost like 10 years ago, we started getting actual teenagers in movies. Like I think of Percy Jackson that just came out oh, on yeah. Disney Plus and using Walker Scoble as as a teenager to to get him to look the part of Percy. And there are some people like Tom Holland who might look a little bit younger than they actually are and use those characters. But really, no one looked their age in the him and Raimi movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would also say the love interest, not good in the Maguire trilogy. I did, okay. did not like MJ at all in those. Yeah. She just is not a good person. Do you not like how she was written or how she was and acted? How she was written. Okay, interesting. She was. She's kissing who she thinks is like three different guys in the first one. <laughs> yeah, she's and kind then of in the player. second one, she's engaged and she's taunting Peter with it the whole time. Yeah. And then throughout the uh, third one, the whole third one, she's all like, "This isn't about you, Peter." She's I pretty selfish. Yeah. No, you're right. Not really the MJ, the love interest who's committed to Peter. I watched through Spider-Man Two PS Five gameplay because I didn't want to buy it, and like MJ's by his side the whole time, just. Mm-hmm there with him working through things and and this was after i believe she figured out who he was before but they're they're in it together and they didn't they weren't in it together for the for the raimi movies you know now as as someone with a degree in animation (laughs) uh, this is another movie that pushed a lot of 3d advances in 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 how how movies were made with with animation more than just as as they began to grow in the 3d realm there are very few shots that you can notice are really poorly edited or poorly animated only because you know it was it was 2002 or what was it when was this? 2004 was when spider-man 2 came out but like they were doing face replacements and digital doubles for people like doc ock who were climbing the mm-hmm. climbing the building with his with his arms like that was really cool that they were getting that so early on and it there were only a few angles where you could see like a weird plastic looking face of his. It re- they really did really well with those. So I think that that pushed some exploration, some R&D for, for animation as it as it helped push towards pretty much the MCU. Like that it helped make that look, make those 3D animations look so much better and more believable. Moving on to The Amazing Spider-Man, what do you think they got right and they got wrong with that mm. one? Well, I would say uh, talking about the the first one, it was definitely a victim of the Nolan effect. Do you want, have you heard of the Nolan effect? Not by that name, no. Oh. Well, basically, you know, after, like, the success of The Dark Knight, everyone was like, oh, if we want to make a successful superhero movie, let's make it dark and gritty. Because if gritty. that worked for Batman, that'll work gotcha. for anyone. That's why we got, like, Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four 2015, and even, like, Man mm. of Steel. Man of Steel makes a lot of sense. Yep, it's because they were like, hmm, maybe the dark and gritty approach works for everyone. It they doesn't. didn't get that it was Batman. Batman is dark and gritty. Batman's a dark and gritty character, so that's why it yeah. worked for him. Overall, I do really love the amazing Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. I t- talked about this with you recently, Seth. I think I even like them more than the first two Tom Holland movies. And I think that's yeah. mostly because the characters feel so real in these they feel so real. I think the in Maguire's trilogy, it's all very simple storytelling in a sense, which, I mean, there's beauty that can be found in that simplicity. Then we get to these, uh, the Andrew Garfield movies directed by Mark Webb, and it's just all so raw and human. And that's because that's exactly what Mark Webb wanted to do. We have characters like 
Aunt May, who's kind of presented as this perfect saint in the first in the Maguire trilogy, who can do no wrong. But then in, in these movies, she makes selfish decisions, and she's not always making the best choices for her and Peter. And we have character like Flash, who's just a complete bully in Maguire's trilogy. But then in this one, I mean, he, he first seems like that bully, but after he hears what happens with Uncle Ben, he actually goes up to Peter and asks him, like, if he's okay. And that's just, that's a scene that'll give you goosebumps right there. And I think just overall, these characters are, each character feels human. And especially with uh, Peter and Gwen and their relationship just feels so real. Well, I also think MJ kind of just feels like Peter's love interest in the Maguire trilogy. But Gwen feels like a character outside of just being a love interest. Mm -hmm. she, they're all complex and their relationship is just so compelling. Did you know that Mark Webb only did one movie before doing Amazing Spider-Man? <laughs> Do you know what it was? <laughs> uh, it was 500 Days of Summer. Oh. I haven't seen it. But I've heard of it, but no. It's, yeah, that's it's, interesting. It's, it's, it's a romance movie that also kind of tried to capture the same realistic and human nature of a relationship like that. So mm -hmm. it makes it makes sense that that's so compelling in Andrew's movies. And while I think they struggled a bit more with villains, they didn't really have any good villains, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Listen... The lizard was their best villain, and he was just kind of like, I'm going to turn everyone into lizards. That's <laughs> Dinosaur party! Yeah! <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that didn't play very well. And no. then we have Electro, who's kind of dumb. <laughs> and then that Harry yeah. Osborn Green Goblin, kind of dumb. And Rhino, who's just as dumb as they are so <laughs> yeah the as i know i had said that for the raimi movies they they should have or the the reason i think the villains are so good is because they took them straight from the pages of the comics i think what they, they did the same thing with amazing spider-man but then turned them up to the extreme they're everything they 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 took everything about that character and just made that everything the <laughs> the lizard became yeah i want to turn everyone into into lizards for the abstract reason that then they would be able to heal themselves Okay. The rhino is basically punchy, I'm angry all the time. <laughs> the Harry Osborne, the same thing. Like he just, I mean, I think that one was attributed to his condition and his insanity that he got from his father. And yeah, the Electro, Electro is, oh, that was the worst. <laughs> Quite literally having him fixing the electric eel tank, falling mm. in, getting bitten and also electrocuted with more than the electric eels. And then being mad that Spider-Man didn't remember his birthday. The whole Spider-Man fanboy thing was creepy, and I, that was supposed to be the point. But yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they retconned that in the way. They really said, "Let's make this world as grounded as possible, but let's make the villains as comic booky as possible." <laughs> that is true. I think that's where I think that's where it split. Where I think they got things right and wrong. The things they got right, the suit. The second one or the first one? I like the first one, man. Yeah, I know, okay. I know. That's that's not a popular opinion, no. but the dark maroon red, I mm. love that, man. I I don't like the story he gets of getting his suit. Like, that just seems too convenient. All of them do. Like, that's kind of the whole thing, except for with Tom's. Yeah. But how do they get the suit to look so clean? I, we'll talk about that when, when we get to, to Tom Holland. But I really like the suit. I like how Andrew plays Spider-Man, and so 
nonchalant and, and funny and awkward and all that. Mm-hmm. The Obviously, I think they got the villains wrong and the story. The story was kind of like the whole side plot. I think everyone agrees that it could have been good if it was not for the story. The story was really mm-hmm. poorly executed and, and written. And I think they screwed up by not making an Amazing Spider-Man 3. Because I feel like with the feedback of Amazing Spider-Man 2, they could have made a half-decent Amazing Spider-Man 3 before they had to hand it off to Marvel. But I think that was part of the problem is that they had to, they couldn't because there was a deal going on that Spider-Man was going to join the MCU eventually. I think Andrew Garfield also kind of like got fired at one point. I'm going to see what Wikipedia says because that's the source of all real and true yes. information. Oh, we, we yeah. forgot to talk about Spider-Man 4. Like there was going to be a Spider-Man 4 for Tobey Maguire. Oh yeah. Which was yeah, that didn't happen. Bruce Campbell's character to be known. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing they had was that Bruce Campbell was going to be Mysterio. Did you know that Amazing Spider-Man Two was originally going to be called the Amazing Spider-Man Two Rise of Electro? Oh, that would have been even worse. I'm glad they didn't do that. Wikipedia says that the Amazing Spider-Man was supposed to be its own cinematic universe, competing with Marvel. The series was to include spinoff films featuring the Sinister Six and Venom, with Drew Goddard Mm -hmm. writing and directing the two-part Sinister Six, and Kurtzman directing a Venom Carnage script co-written by himself and others where did it go crazy oh there was gonna be a spider-man 2099 spinoff i think that could be really it could have been really interesting in live action garfield and webb stated that they would both return for the third film okay so it was where did it go wrong oh sony was further revealed to be in talks to have sam raimi return to the franchise to direct a new trilogy for his version of the character along with a spider-man versus the amazing spider-man movie which was in discussion at Marvel. Oh, Marvel yeah. was reportedly unhappy with some of the terms of the proposed arrangement, including the film's rights staying with Sony, and both were allegedly ceased. Okay, so they pretty, pretty much what I said. In early 2015, a deal between the studios that allowed Spider-Man to be used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was reached and effectively canceling the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. They were uh, among the mixed reviews of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and by, by yeah. mixed, I mean... Uh, Freaking terrible. <laughs> he also and, didn't and, show up and, to an event. Andrew Garfield and also like, say, didn't show up to an event last minute. Oh, dang. peeved Sony. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just Disney being greedy and being like, well, Spider-Man's mine, yeah. and I can use him now. Well, I was Sony's wonder. greed and Disney's greed that both kind yeah. of ruined it. <laughs> yeah. This, I want to save a lot That's of the nostalgia funny. talk and, and the recasting stuff for a future episode, but what would have the implications of keeping Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man going into the MCU. Like, what if Spider-Man flipped in in Civil War and it was Andrew Garfield? Thoughts? Mm. Besides the money thing, like, know. obviously obviously Disney wanted to use Spider-Man for a whole their whole, whole trilogy. Now, looking back on it, that's obvious, but they wanted to get the most out of him. They didn't really want to share with Sony, so they were just took, him a, took as much rights of the character as they possibly could get their hands on. So, not that it was practical or probable, but why... What, what, would that have been better? Is if Andrew Garfield stayed and the and they subsequently roped in the Amazing Spider-Man mm. as canon before No Way Home did? I don't know. I think the I mean the whole Tony Stark relationship would have played differently, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of really helped us connect with Tony Stark better in Infinity War and Endgame, and just added another layer to who he was. Well, through Homecoming, Infinity War, and Endgame, to just have this kind of. Uh, Protege, I guess, is the word I'm looking for to just kind mm. of pour into. So I think it would have been less. There would have been less for him there if Andrew Garfield would have carried over. But mm. I don't know. I think I think Andrew Garfield was kind of just done with Spider-Man for the time yeah. too. Yeah, I think they were. They didn't want to have any any strings attached 
to yeah. to working with a character that already existed and just starting from scratch. Now, the problem with that I see, regardless of recasting and all that, I watched a video recently from High Top Films, which he does some incredible like story breakdowns, writing of his own, all that stuff. And he said, what if I wrote Spider-Man was the, was the video that I watched and I'll link in the description. But I think one of the points he made was stop rebooting Spider-Man. We keep... We keep telling the same stories, not saying that they're exactly the same. Obviously, we're getting a spin on them, and they're, they're different movies. We need to keep working with one Spider-Man. And even if that's Tom Holland, just keep working with him and stop rebooting, telling the same origin story, having him fight another Green Goblin, have him fight, having him fight another Lizard or whatever, another Doc Ock. Keep one story going. And he, he suggests doing that through a TV show. And I'm not saying this is the correct way or, or the best next step for Spider-Man, but it's it's a good point to say that we keep rebooting we not we yeah. we don't we're not doing anything hollywood keeps <laughs> rebooting spider-man because yes they're different generations they're people different people grew up with different spider-man but keep telling new stories keep bringing in new villains keep bringing in old villains keep bringing new story arcs from the same same character and i think a tv show would work well for that because cinematic universes are stupid wow. i don't think <laughs> I, I know they're not i think too much pressure and value is put into making a good cinematic universe when someone like daredevil i think daredevil thrived as a tv show because mm. you could tell a much longer story and if it you could finish it at the end of a season and be done with it or you could have it renewed for more seasons and write more stories and all of that like he, go, he goes into some more detail in that video but yeah i i think that's one way to keep it going but it's just it's not going to happen because corporate greed because yeah. entertainment businesses want want our money and they're they know what gets it and it's a new spider-man i don't want to s mm. into the spider-verse was technically not a reboot because it's now going at the same time as tom holland yeah. spider-man but it still kind of is doing its own thing i don't know man it's being critical to, yeah. to start some conversations <laughs> probably in our discord which you should yeah. join i think same thing well it's kind of the same thing for batman too i think yes true if you if these studios like poured their budget into making a TV show for these characters. It could it could turn out really good because an actor's I I don't even know how long actors sign a contract for now. But if an actor's it playing depends. a character for ten years in movies, that's probably going to be like five movies, maybe four or five, and four or five, and cameo appearances, maybe. But if you if they're on a TV show for ten years, that's like then you get a flash situation well yes <laughs> like, well that's that's also the the double-edged sword is like you could easily yeah. get into the flash territory of a new villain every episode very cheesy over the top low budget mm -hmm. because you gotta spread your budget out over different shows but that's why compared yeah. to daredevil and how there was not a villain every episode and it was a long story rather than short many short stories in my opinion yeah i mean some of that just comes down to pacing but you know what we haven't talked about yet we haven't talked about the, the visuals of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. The swinging, among Most, other things? Like, yeah, all of it, too. I mean, yeah. it's kind of weird to say, but Gwen Stacy's death scene is beautiful. It You're is right. such a well-done scene. <laughs> You're right, it's though. It's weird to say about a death scene, but so well done. Yeah. So well done. And just his swinging scenes, especially at, like, the end of the first one and the... Oh, the crane scene in the first one, too, and just mm, his swing at the mm -hmm. beginning of the second one, too. They just look so good. Yeah. And some of the... I think... I mean, most of it was CGI, but then some of it's also because they actually had him swinging, and that's the only movie where that was done practically. Yeah. I think, I think that's where a lot of people love that, 
yeah duology dialogy two movies (laughs) because it really looks good and the swinging scenes are probably some of the best live action ones that we've gotten ever raimi movies were a little behind the times or they were they were setting the groundwork probably they were more like foundational the ones in the mcguire trilogy do look really good they look good. It's not like they look bad, good. but I think Amazing Spider-Man looks top tier. Yeah, yeah. MCU, I can't even really think of a, a good swinging scene. Like, obviously he does, but he's more sales, yeah. especially especially when it gets to Far From Home. But I think of the opening of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wow. Mm. That is probably mm-hmm. the best opening to any Spider-Man movie ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Only because of the swinging. And the music, the music is pretty good, too. Like... I yeah. I think that was very superhero esque, and it showed who who Peter was, especially in in that moment. And yeah, especially oh, the the shot of him gaining momentum into the air and then just hanging there for a second in slow mo, and then dive bombing into the into New York was so cool. It's it's a, it's yeah. good stuff. Tom Holland and Marvel. What did they get right, yeah. and what did they get? wrong and i think this is actually as much as i like the tom holland version it's there's a lot of cons to to Mm. the type of peter parker he portrays not not necessarily that he portrays i think he portrays peter parker really well but the decisions and story and how they affect not only the mcu but also the character Mm spider-man i mean i think tom holland really does well as peter parker yeah i think he's probably got the best balance of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. What else? I mean, they adapt him, adapted him into the universe well, I would say, and just having the ties with other characters. But Can we talk about then, that for a second? His yeah. <laughs> intro into Civil War, it doesn't right. sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with really? me. I understand that it's super cool and all that. Yeah. Outside of, outside of being used in Civil War, I don't think they should have promoted him in the trailer. This is a situation we talked well, about a couple weeks ago of... of showing off your best moment in the trailer and then the rest of it kind of being so in the civil war trailer you had the one shot of all of the heroes running at each other and and starting the fight and then it ended after the title card with spider-man landing and the internet blew up i think it would have been way better if it was a situation where all the normal marvel fans went to go see the movie and then online it spread into dude you need to go see this movie it's got something you would never expect even i don't even know if there was rumors in it or rumors in production of maybe there was a spider-man appearance before before the trailer came out but just that would have i wonder if that would have broken the internet more Mm -hmm. i don't know because maybe that was a point in time where social media was just on the uprise of being majorly popular and being used as a news source that they didn't realize they could do that and they it was like 2016 Again, kind of the wondering of alternate universes, what is what would have happened if they kept Spider-Man out of the promotional material and just let everyone yeah. talk about it online? And I heard that they didn't actually know whether or not they were going to be able to get Spider-Man for Civil War just with the rights mm. with Sony. So their, their backup yeah. plan was actually they were going to give Black Panther a larger role if they hadn't, but then they ended up getting He still Spider-Man had a pretty big role, though. He did. Yeah. Man, I need to rewatch him. I've, I miss those old ones. <laughs> I, I think of uh, the Black Panther. I think of the Black Panther reveal on the rooftop where he oh, yeah. where he spins and rolls and, and stands up in his Black Panther pose. And I was like, that that goes hard. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. It, also, Civil War was just a full movie. It, I think that's what it suffered from. It was a decent story. We kind of talked about it in both the Iron Man and the Captain America episodes, but it's very full and not not the worst thing ever. But I think adding another new superhero to it was weird. I think it was a decent intro to the character, though. I don't know. I'd have to maybe rewatch it to see how much of a hand he plays in it. I don't know that there was that he needed to be there. 
I think it was more of a, hey, we have Spider-Man now, we're going to use him. I'd, can you think of a reason Tony needed him to be there except for another member on the team? Not really. Okay, there you go. There's <laughs> the just kind of, Just kind of, it was kind of weird just bringing a 15-year-old kid into all of it. Yep, it's true. It's true, yeah. true, true. Now, I think one of the worst things they got wrong with the Tom Holland Spider-Man is the lack of self-made Spider-Man. Mm. They did show that version of him, especially in homecoming when he got his suit taken away like as a yeah. slap on the wrist of you, you you don't get this anymore from from daddy stark <laughs> i don't like that i said that <laughs> delete that um, cut that <laughs> no keep it in it's for the content no. <laughs> so then he had like his 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 hoodie outfit and his his goggles and all that i think that was really cool to see for a little bit and even for the the climax of the movie the final fight was really legit but the rest of the movie the other two and a half parts of the movies and even all his cameos, like all his tech is too Tony Stark's E. It, mm. it, it didn't fit the character. And even even though I had gripes with the other two trilogies, having having self-made suits that looked so pristine and perfect, at least we know that he made them himself. Like these, these ones were all of Tom Holland's suits except for the homemade one that was made from a thrift store shopping shopping spree. All of them were made by Tony Stark with all the tech in them. So yeah, not not really self-made Spider-Man. Not that I mean he still made his own webs. It showed that part when he was in the science lab and all that. But yeah, I don't know, man. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely way too dependent on Tony Stark, even after Tony Stark is dead. Like with the whole Edith technology in the second one, he still seems yeah. very dependent on that. But I do agree that the f homecoming is okay, but then when he gets his suit taken away is when it really gets good. Especially mm. the scene in the parking garage where he has to lift all of that and just yeah. figure out who he is on his own and stand on his own two feet. I also remember That's when he knew that the, the bomb was attached to tombs or that the, oh, the things yeah. were going to explode. His The way Tom made that so emotional, he's like, No! No! Like he cared about it. Like he knew, yeah. he knew that there yeah. was something bad going to happen and he knew that he needed to save, he needed to do something to save Adrian. And that was mm. the compassion that Peter has. And it, it was really good and played really well. Okay. What do you think about the eyes? That's part of the, the, the new eyes? suit thing is the, the squinty eyes. I, I think it's weird that there's no real like explanation of how it works, except it was Tony Stark magic. It definitely helps me emote more, but I think it, I think the visual effects people were like, another thing we have to add. Uh, <laughs> yeah because because yeah, like, i mean with with things like that there's no way to do it with a real suit at least to make it look good and so mm -hmm. you can have tom holland wearing the suit the whole time during filming but they're just going to replace it with a digi double that can move his eyes and that's the other thing a lot of people have said that the tom holland suit is so smooth with the andrew garfield suit you saw the wrinkles and you saw that he was wearing a real suit for the most of the time. I don't I don't know. I, I'd be interested to compare Andrew's digi doubles to Tom Holland's digi doubles, but the, the mm. Tom Holland ones look so clean and so perfect that it's almost mm. too perfect to be believable. Yeah. I think overall they relied way too much on CGI with Tom's suits. Mm -hmm. Way too much. And I mean the eyes I think are kind of part of that. It was kind of cool, not, you know, to have more emoting, but... I was going to say, they're not uh, bad. I think that I, they're welcome, no. but they're not necessary. And, yeah, they're not. I don't know. No. What did you think about the inclusion of just a Far From Home at the very end of Phase 3? We had 10 years of build-up to Endgame, and then it's a little Far From Home right over here. The story obviously played off of Endgame. It was very difficult to yeah. promote the movie without showing that... 
Tony had died. But mm-hmm. it just felt so tagged on, especially to the grand finale of the MCU. And then this was just like, oh yeah, and it's Spider-Man. Could it have been the beginning of Phase 4? Like, why, did, why do you think they did that at the end of Phase 3 instead? I think it was kind of meant to be an epilogue just to kind of see like what the world is like now sure. how everyone's reacting to the the blip and i mean they kind mm. of continued to show that in phase four so did they have i mean either at the end of phase three or the beginning of phase four it, it made sense if it went to either spot so what do you think about ned and mj i don't know if ned was based off of anyone people say he's the hobgoblin but i also don't think he had a direct comic counterpart mj i liked the sassy style but also it didn't it wasn't comic accurate i liked her slow like fade into actually liking peter but i also know that that's not comic accurate and people are like oh you need to make it like she's all in love with him and all that i think zendaya played her well and jacob Battlone, i think played a perfect sidekick like the perfect side character who is just as nerdy as peter but i liked him is there is there a point you want to make about him uh well i mean just from what you were saying, Ned was actually based on a character named Genki, I think is his name. Oh, yeah, is... Genki's in the, in the video games. Yeah, and he's Miles' roommate in the Spider-Verse movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was originally a character more connected with Miles Morales, but they adapted him for the Holland trilogy. And with MJ, I wasn't the biggest fan of the slow fade relationship, especially with mm. how kind of abruptly it felt cut off in the third one. Okay. With, it's like... They built up and then it was nothing kind of at the end of No Way Home. So, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think they should have rushed it or anything, but I think they mm. could have played it out a bit more than they did. What do you think about the twist of MJ? Like the whole Michelle at the beginning of Homecoming and not realizing it's her. Was that, was that okay. called for? I don't know. It reminds okay, me of care. like the... Kind of reminds me of at the end of Dark Knight Rises when you find out that the guy's name is actually Robin. Or it's just yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. we're going to give him the name, but he's not really the character. They kind of just did that same thing with MJ. It's like, we're going to give her the name, but she's pretty much an entirely different character. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? Hmm. What makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? Obviously getting bit by a radioactive spider, that's step one. <laughs> I don't know if there has been a story about a person who got bit by a radioactive spider who used it for who used it for bad for evil. I feel like that could be explored because Spider-Man is, tends to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, the one who wants to do good and wants to help everyone. But especially as it came to Into the Spider-Verse and and the canon event of a loved one dying for the sake of uh, the universe, basically that was a little weird. But we can talk about that in the in Spider-Verse episode. But when he realizes his responsibility with his power is not to be, not to use it for evil, but to use it for good, I think is key. And his time, what's the QWERTY song from VeggieTales? So what we have learned applies to our lives today. In his book. Yeah. So realizing that you've been given a gift and using that mm-hmm. to its fullest extent and not hiding it. Peter really wants to not have this power, but his, his Uncle Ben or his Aunt May, which it's weird that the Aunt May one for Tom Holland came at the end of his trilogy, but it's it's the it's the push he needed. It, it was it's always the push they need to go do something big. And just recognizing that the responsibility of a gift, whether it's a spiritual gift or just a, a something that you've been given, the responsibility of that lies with you to do something about it. And I think we need to be thinking about that as we explore how to grow, to know what our spiritual gift is and to thrive in that, to build it and to have it build us. And that's kind of the responsibility that Spider-Man has is once he's once he has his power, even though he doesn't tell Uncle Ben directly, he understands what needs to be done. And the and Uncle Ben still gives him this good advice regardless of 
if he's Spider-Man or not. And that's part of the beauty of it is you don't need to be Spider-Man for that to apply to you. At least how I see it. Yeah. I would say if I were to add something to the holy quote of with great power comes great responsibility, I would add no matter what. With great Mm. power comes great responsibility no matter what. I think that's what truly makes Spider-Man Spider-Man is that he keeps fighting and keeps going on no matter what. That's like the whole point of Spider-Man 2, especially the Tobey Maguire one, is that he quits being Spider-Man because all of mm-hmm. everything of life just catches up to him. And he's like, ah, the world hates Spider-Man. But then he slowly comes to realize that he needs to do this. This is his gift, his curse, his responsibility, his duty. So yeah. no matter what's in store, no matter how many times his friends betray him or people he loves die he needs to keep fighting because he's been given this power so it's his responsibility to keep fighting for what's right and what's true and i think that speaks a lot to who we are as christians we've been given a great power and with that great power must also come the great responsibility (laughs) we have to keep spreading the truth and keep fighting for what's real and for what god has in store for us because it's what we're called to do and we've been given this great power so now we must go forth and live that life bars never back down never what never give up never back down never what never give up (laughs) that's all i can think of when you're talking about that (laughs) Uh, okay so we have other things to cover in future episodes i think we're gonna be saving no way home for a different episode because there's so much to talk about and that might be like a part one or part two to the nostalgia episode or maybe one in the same we'll see we're gonna cover no way home in its own episode we're gonna cover into the spider-verse movies at a later date i don't know when that will be but right now i want to play a little game which i am sorry for all of our audio only listeners oh no i want to i want to rank with zach the Seth, movies no. i want I to i want to see we're gonna we're gonna ah, do it together <laughs> I don't know. or just Okay, if we have a big disagreement, we're gonna we're gonna average it out to the middle. Okay. I don't know why only Into the Spider Verse is on here, but we're not even talking about them, so just pretend it's not there. So of these eight movies, we're gonna walk through them really quick and talk about where they rank on the tier list. We're turning into a tier okay. list channel. <laughs> All right, where do you put Spider Man One? Same rank. Uh, Spider Man One. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Easy. Okay. Okay. Do you disagree? Well, TBD. We'll 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 talk about it and see if there's any disagreements. Spider Man Two. I would probably put that at amazing. I, I like the first one. I like the first one better. It's kind of yeah. a controversial no, you're right. opinion, but no, you're right. I think it, for those who aren't only listening, there's masterpiece, amazing, great, decent, and terrible, and we'll get through all of them here in a sec. So amazing. So it's not the amazing Spider-Man two. It's Spider-Man two in the category of amazing. All right, Spider-Man three. Uh, <laughs> I think it's low tier amazing because I still. I was gonna say decent at the oh, most. <laughs> okay, at the most. It's still yeah. fun though. Mm. <laughs> Maybe my bar is. is just set really low by the recent movies i love all these spider-man movies so much i that i i i want to put it at great but i have to be honest but we can put it at great let's put it at great okay if there's any movies in great it's gonna go above great like a couple it's low it's between great and decent i don't think we'll have anything in decent or terrible if i'm being honest i don't know we're we still have to get to amazing spider-man (laughs) 2 uh first off amazing spider-man where does Amazing uh, Spider-Man go? Probably great. I would say great, probably. Above Spider-Man 3, though. Yeah, I'd put that one above yeah. Spider-Man 3. 
you'd still watch Amazing Spider-Man over Spider-Man 3. I, I think Amazing Spider-Man 2 goes indecent, if not terrible. I have a secret mm. love for Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> Mostly, I just really love Peter and Gwen's relationship and how well that okay. plays out in the movie. It's the Zero only thing romantic. that really works. It's the only thing that works in the movie, but... <laughs> It, I don't it, think that's really enough well to make it great. It's we a great part of the movie. I think it's decent. Put it I think decent. Amazing Spider-Man yeah, 2 is decent. Homecoming. I th- mm, my opinion, above Amazing Spider-Man, below Spider-Man 2. I would almost put it in decent, to be honest. But You would put it in decent? Yeah. But the but the know. that's the one where we got the like we said the like the homemade hoodie suit and goggles and all that. That's the yeah, final fight. That's like that's like less than half of the movie. It's part of the movie. It's the most <laughs> I know, I know. May, I might okay, let's but put would it you, in great between Spider Man three and Amazing Spider Man. I was gonna say between. I don't think it's worse than Spider Man three. It's not even no. bad. It's just not ideal, right? Mm. It's mostly just the over reliance on the Stark tech and just kind of yeah, but that's this whole Iron trilogy Man to me that yeah. yeah okay far from home probably after With- Spider. After Spider-Man three, maybe if I'm being honest. After Spider-Man three, is that what you think? Or I where think would you. you put that? I'm really confused because you kind of hate it on Spider-Man three, and then you're putting quite a f- like you want to put some after it. Uh, I don't know. This I liked is hard. I liked Mysterio in in Far mm. From Home. Like that's why I'm yeah. that's why I'm conflicted. Mm. Mm. Maybe after Homecoming. After Homecoming. So you think it's worse than Homecoming? I would say so. Okay. Yeah. I I don't really have a preference. I lied. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm I'm just here to make you make you do this. And mm. the No Way Home, which will Making have its me own episode. Suffer, Seth. Well, here's here's the, probably our biggest disagreement. You're gonna put this would, all the way up here. Oh, would I? Would I you put it in amazing? It in, I think I put it in amazing. Before, or after Spider-Man Two? Probably before. Before, so here. Yeah. Wait. Well, b- before. What is before me? Before. Okay. Yeah. See, that's interesting. Okay, for the heck of it, because into the Spider Verse is here. Where are we putting that? Masterpiece. Masterpiece. In my opinion. Below Spider-Man. Probably though? even. Ah. Yeah, probably. Ah, that's uh, where I disagree. We'll leave it as is. Maybe. But I well, think, no, put I think it, it first. Is. Put it first. Put it first. Okay, 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 okay. Put it first. Okay. Hmm, man. So, are we happy with this? I Starting from the bottom, I don't think there's a terrible Spider-Man movie. No. We're right. Moibius. I think <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is decent because it is mostly bad, but has its good aspects. There's a lot of great Spider-Man movies, though. And I think that's, yes, it's the middle tier, but they are all great in mm-hmm. their own right. For some reason or another. It's funny that none of the Amazing Spider-Men are in the Amazing category, though. <laughs> mm. But I definitely think Masterpiece is something we can go on. I think the middle area, the gray area, is the tough part of, like, I don't mm. know where, where they all go. But I think it's pretty accurate. It's tough. It's tough to rank the the ones you love and put others above, put one above the other. But, yeah. I don't Thank know. I was curious about doing that. Right now. No, you're right. You're right. All right. Thanks for doing that with me. That was fun. Man, we will have more Spider-Man content coming in the future because it's a big character like there's a lot to talk about and i can't i know josh can't wait to talk about into the spider-verse but we that might that might be coming out in when beyond the spider-verse comes out which is still tbd so we'll see about that yeah we're starting our own (laughs) spider-man trilogy we're starting our own we're gonna make the best version there is and no one can stop us no i I think sony could probably stop us yeah well i Um, meant in the sense of three episodes Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, okay. I yeah. thought we were. I thought we were making our own Spider-Man from scratch. No. <laughs> Good. I don't want to put the effort into that and have ev- and have the world hate me. Also, that's the other yeah. point. You're not going to make everyone happy. There's going to be some people who really hate certain parts of it, and some people who really yeah. love parts of it. It's, you're not going to get really the perfect Spider-Man, and that's I think part of the reason Into the Spider-Verse is so great 
and how the Spider-Verse is a the, the multiverse is a part of the Spider-Man character, and we're going to talk about that whenever we get to Spider-Verse movies. But with that said, thank you so much for listening or watching. Follow us on all our socials. Join our Discord. Like, share, and subscribe. Rep that merch. Whatever. Insert some cheesy 2016 YouTuber slogan here. <laughs> Until next week, know that you are loved. God bless. Talk to you later. Thank you.